The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our second half of Patricia Raskin Positive Living. We are talking about fertility, and our guest is Laura Ehrlich. She is a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, and birth doula. She's a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine and teaches continuing education to acupuncturists all over the world through Pro-D seminars. She practices Chinese medicine at LA Herbs and Acupuncture, which is in Los Angeles, a clinic she co-founded in 2007. And the website is laherbsandacupuncture.com or abaoinetheoven.com. And her book is Feed Your Fertility. She's written it with Emily Bartlett. And her book is Feed Your Fertility, Your Guide to Cultivating a Healthy Pregnancy with Chinese Medicine, Real Food, and Holistic Living. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so here's my question. My first question is, although women are now living longer and healthier than in most generations in the past, and a lot of women are having babies older, infertility is a growing problem. What would you say are some of the contributing factors? Well, I I really think what you just said is the primary contributing factor, which is that women are waiting until later in life to have children, and that's because we all feel young and youthful and healthy, uh, you know, well into our 30s and 40s, but in many instances, our reproductive system kind of doesn't get the memo on that, and it's continuing to age in spite of us. And so um, it comes as quite a surprise to a lot of women when they realize uh, that their fertility has been, is, is suboptimal at the time mm-hmm. that they're going and trying to have a child because it, they feel so great and they're surprised by uh, the reality. It can be a bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. So what can help with this? Can dietary changes help? Uh, improve fertility? Uh, Absolutely, they can. In an ideal world, a woman should be thinking about her fertility from as early in her adult life as possible and preparing her body for when the time comes and when the time is right. Um, Probably what's the the most difficult thing is to attempt to do a, a significant overhaul and kind of anti-age the reproductive system when a woman is already well past her prime maternal years. Um, so the more a woman is taking care of herself and eating well and exercising, getting adequate rest, uh, avoiding unnecessary uh, chemicals and things in her body, the better 
off. She'll be, when, she, when the time comes that she wants to have a baby. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we also have to recognize that a component of this is up to genetics, and we can't necessarily control our, our fertile window any more than we can control other aspects of our, of our genes. So we can optimize what we've got, but if you're somebody who's destined to stop being fertile at the age of 41 or 42, that, that's, that's sometimes difficult to change. And so mm. educating women and giving them the information that if having a family is of utmost priority, then it needs to be prioritized in, in the chron- chronology of their life as well. Mm. There have been other books about fertility and diet. How is this book, Feed Your Fertility, different? Uh, Feed Your Fertility is different because it really does um, an in-depth job of comparing the Western medical approach to managing fertility challenges with a more holistic approach and spends a lot of time talking about a way to to integrate or blend the two to optimize somebody's chances and outcome. Um, We go in a lot of detail about uh, the different Western medical protocols and conditions that can arise to try to give readers a really strong sense of empowerment and an overview of the different things that they may be facing as uh, for fertility patients, but also to give them real life lifestyle skills and, and other things that they can do with nutrition and meditation and various other things that they may be uh, using that could be impacting their general health, like chemicals mm. in their household and on their bodies and things like that. Yeah, and there is a chapter in your book on self-care. So talk about that and and, um, these self-care practices. I mean, you just mentioned one of them in terms of chemicals, staying away from those. But what are some of the other self-care practices that would help with fertility? Well, one of the things that I've noticed over many years of working with women going through this process, especially as women and men, of course, get older, our lives become very busy and full. And oftentimes the reason why women are delaying childbearing is because they have a busy career and they are spending their lives trying to cultivate their professional selves. And sometimes when the time comes to have a baby, it ends up being a almost an afterthought or something that has to be fit into an already overwhelming and busy life. So one of the things we talk a lot about in the self-care part of the book is making space in your life for a baby, starting to live from that place of being already maternal, already taking time. Anyone who has children knows that time sort of slows down in a very dramatic way when a child comes into your life. And that doesn't mean that you have to come to a screeching halt when you're trying to have a baby, but to make the space and consider what it means to invite a baby into your life. And that, from my estimation, means making space in your life to take care of yourself almost as a placeholder for being ready to take care of a baby when the time comes. And so some of the things include getting adequate rest. Most women are not sleeping enough. Lack of sleep has a direct impact on our hormones and also our fertility. Making sure that we're eating food that is healthy and well-prepared and well-sourced from from good places and of high quality. Again, kind of making your inner terrain ready for pregnancy and all that comes after pregnancy in terms of taking care of a baby, including breastfeeding, uh, getting enough exercise, making time for interpersonal relationships. This process can be so stressful and overwhelming that oftentimes women will retreat and 
avoid friends and family, especially if they already have children or if they feel that they're not going to be supportive or understanding of their struggle. Mm-hmm. So seeking adequate support, whether that's from an acupuncturist who specializes in infertility because we're all pretty adept at helping women navigate this process or a psychotherapist, uh, whatever kind of support groups, whether they're peer-led or professionally led, or friends who are also going through the process. But really keeping self, self-care self through this process is very multifaceted. And at the end of the day, I really think it's about not losing yourself. It's about keeping your own life going and connecting with the people around you and finding things that help bring you back to center as much as possible. Yeah. Um... Before I ask you about acupuncture and Chinese medicine and how this has led you to study fertility issues, you know, do you think that women should be tested? Should they freeze their eggs? Should they find out what the rates of their fertility are? Or do you think that's not a good idea? Or do you think it depends? Uh, I actually think it's a fantastic idea, and it's something that I am working to try to educate women about and get the word out. I I think it's something that's terribly lacking in our conversation with women, and it's sort of the the shadow side of the women's live movement, if you will, um, which I'm by no means criticizing. I'm a product of it. But by the same token, women, at least of my generation, and I'm in my early 40s, oftentimes are blindsided by the fact that their fertility is not optimal when they go to try and have a child at 39 or 40 years of age. And some of that is because it, wasn't, it hasn't become part of the conversation yet to a, woman, to a woman to say, by all means, you should go and travel and start your company or work your way up the ladder in the company in which you're working, but be prepared that if you postpone having a child till later in life, you might have some challenges. And there's ways that we can go about either uh, kind of ensuring or creating something of an insurance policy, which isn't a a total guarantee, but can certainly be of great help through egg freezing, or at the very least, taking the time in your late 20s and early 30s to begin checking in with your physician about the state of your fertility. Mm, Find out what do your numbers look like, you know, in terms of your hormones? How are your ovaries functioning? Are there any obstacles that might be present for you when you do try to have a child? Do you Mm. have fibroids or polyps or problems in your uterus or your fallopian tubes. Um, Sometimes women will stay on birth control pills throughout their entire adult lives and come off them just before they want to have a child. And then they're often confronted with problems that were being masked by being on the pill. So things like that can really go a long way in helping a woman not only optimize her fertility when the time is right, but also to have a realistic picture for herself as an individual. Mm. When when do I really need to think about doing this by? And am I willing to compromise or alter my my life plans in order Mm. to have a biological child if my window is only so big? Mm. All right. We've got a couple of minutes before the first break. So... As I said, you have a background in acupuncture and Chinese medicine. How did these traditional practices lead you to the study of fertility? Um, It was kind of a work in progress for me personally. I actually started my career uh, in the 90s as a massage therapist, and the program that I attended in New York had a significant emphasis in 
the basis of the Chinese medical model. We learned the meridians. We learned a form of Japanese massage called acupressure uh, or shiatsu. And I became very interested at that time in Chinese medicine in general and holistic medicine as a whole. And immediately after finishing uh, acupuncture school, I just sort of gravitated towards pregnancy and prenatal massage and, and built a practice around that and became also a birth doula. So for a number of years before I decided to attend acupuncture school, I, I spent many countless hours in labor and delivery wards and at home births and really mm. became very intimately connected with the childbearing process. And, um, and, a, and that, a doula is like a midwife? A doula is like a, not like a midwife, a doula is a non-clinical support person who attends births as sort of the, the support for the woman in labor and her partner. So in hospital, a doula helps women navigate the system and, and kind of achieve their birth plan. Mm-hmm. And at home, it's a similar thing. It's hands-on pain management, emotional support, helping to manage mm-hmm. the, the experience. Uh, so there's nothing clinical in terms of caring for the mother or baby directly. It's, it's more of an emotional support okay. role. Very good. All right, we're going to take uh, a break. And when we come back, okay. we're going to talk more about why you wrote the book, uh, what you recommend for, for people, what are some of the approaches, what advice you're going to give to people in the world of um, IVF and Western fertility, and, you know, some of the things that you want our listeners to take away and be some of the dietary things that you suggest in your book. All right, you're listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. My guest is Laura Ehrlich. She is the co-author with Emily Bartlett of the book Feed Your Fertility, Your Guide to Cultivating a Healthy Pregnancy Through Chinese Medicine, Real Food, and Holistic Living. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My guest is Laura Ehrlich. She is co-author with Emily Bartlett of Feed Your Fertility, your guide to cultivating a healthy pregnancy with Chinese medicine, real food, and holistic living. And, uh, and she is really, she's a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, and birth doula, and really practices Chinese medicine at LA Herbs and Acupuncture, which she co-founded in 2007. The website is LA, which stands for Los Angeles, LA Herbs and Acupuncture.com. Or abao in the oven dot com, abao in in the oven dot com. Welcome back, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about some of the foods that you should eat, including some delicious recipes for nurturing your fertility. I keep seeing these pomegranate seeds on the cover of your book. (laughs) The the pomegranate seeds are symbolic, actually, of. a healthy ovary with eggs in it, um, and but certainly we would look at that as something that that one could eat uh, very healthfully when trying to become pregnant because it's full of antioxidants and uh, in Chinese medicine even the color uh, is resonant with the part of the body that it helps, so it helps to nourish the blood. Um, in terms of what you should eat, you know, we go into a huge amount of detail in future fertility, but if I were going to give you an overview, I would say the primary thing that we are uh, recommending in the book and preaching is that you want to get rid of things in your diet that are processed, primarily first and foremost. And if people did that, they'd probably be at the very least halfway towards much more optimal health. We have become a society of fast food, of processed foods of things out of quickly out of boxes or drive through windows and uh, even take out from, you know, local restaurants. Those are all things that can, of course, be enjoyed once in a while, but when one is surviving on foods that are processed or made by other people, we're automatically going to see a compromise in our health because nobody, nobody's going to look out for you the way you're going to look out for yourself. Mm-hmm. So... The, the primary thing that I advocate and that I know my co-author Emily advocates is source your food yourself and find the highest quality that you possibly can in your city, in your town. There are umpteen services now available where you can have high-quality meats shipped right to your door, where you can have your local farmer's market deliver a box of vegetables to you every week if you can't make it there yourself. But what you eat is less important than where you get the food you eat from. Oh, that's very interesting. And uh, that, that is, in, in Chinese medicine, we talk a lot about the inside of the body being a microcosm of the external macrocosm or the world around us. And it doesn't take a lot to look around, at least in the United States, and say, whew, the world around us is, is not so clean mm-hmm. right now. There's a lot of problems in our food supply, and there's a lot of problems in our environment. We are overly taxed with chemicals and things uh, coming into our systems that shouldn't be there. So as individuals, we have to take the reins on that and find a way to eat food that is healthy, that is sourced from healthy places uh, that we are in control of and cooking ourselves, not just for us as individuals and our future offspring, but also the planet that they have to live on as they grow up. And so it's 
it's very much as within, you know, so without or so without as within when it comes to eating. Hmm. Um, All right, let's talk about some personal health imbalances which might be interfering with your fertility and how do you know what they are? How can you tell? Well, in terms of fertility, it can be a little bit tricky. I mean, any health imbalance that you have, you can you can suspect is essentially going to have an impact on your fertility. So, for example, if you have an autoimmune condition, we can presume that in some way it may be having an impact on one's fertility. And so right. going about bringing that condition into balance, preferably through holistic means, uh, will, it will improve one's fertility by improving another health condition. With as, as we age, we are expecting our fertility to decline because that's how we're set up biologically. Prime fertility years for all mammals, not just humans, happen in the early parts of the reproductive years. That's why most animals start reproducing when they're very young. We as a society have moved towards reproducing at a later age. So we need to try and bring our own system into as much good health as possible um, for example, with gynecological conditions, if a woman has severe menstrual cramping or um, experiences issues around her menstrual cycle, like it's not regular, she's not ovulating regularly, uh, or she's having very scanty periods, those are all signs that there might be something going on with the reproductive system that should be addressed and should ideally be addressed as she's going through life, not just in the months prior to trying to conceive. Because mm-hmm. okay. some of those problems can take quite a while to address mm-hmm. through holistic means. They may be surgically something that can be addressed uh, by a Western medical doctor um, okay. or with certain medications, but those are all really just addressing the symptoms and not the root cause of the problem. All right. And that's Let's, the um, primary difference. Okay, let's talk. Got, just got about four minutes left. So I want to ask you about supplements and only taking what you really need. That is confusing. I know for me, sometimes I take probably more than I need. I'm trying to streamline that, but talk about that, please. And then we have a few more questions. Go ahead. Um, Supplements are an interesting thing. I mean, future fertility, we really go into great detail about all the different types of supplements and foods that you can take or that you can consume to try to meet the equivalent of those supplements uh, in your diet. That said, it's a lot of eating if you're going to try to get everything in, especially to optimize fertility. You can check your levels via different forms of blood work that a naturopath, an acupuncturist, or a holistic MD can help you uh, determine truly exactly what you need. Um, The problem with over-supplementing is that your body can only absorb so much of the various different vitamins that you're attempting to uh, get into your system, and it also has to convert oftentimes those vitamins into a usable form, and sometimes we don't do such a great job of that. So food is your best medicine by a long shot when it comes to supplementation and working with a skilled holistic practitioner to determine exactly what you need and trying not to take what you don't is ideal. What advice do you give to someone who's navigating the world of in vitro fertilization and Western fertility treatments? Um, Get a second opinion. (laughs) My advice is talk to people. Talk to women. Talk to other healthcare providers. Be empowered going into the process. My experience is that there are some phenomenal doctors out there who do a great job of helping women be treated for infertility with only that which they need and to help them achieve pregnancy in the least invasive and least 
costly manner. And then there are other doctors who will take one look at somebody and say, you need IVF yesterday, and rush them into the process. And that is oftentimes not necessarily the case. And so... I think it's really important for women to stay in control and remember that while this is a scary, stressful, and overwhelming process, they are in the driver's seat when they know what they need in terms of testing, when they know mm-hmm. what that their doctor is recommending is corroborated by another doctor. So just, you know, really get your ducks in a row, gather information, and make sure that all the tests that you need have been taken. Uh, we have okay. a website up, feedyourfertility.com, and on that website is a a cheat sheet of all the different tests that women going through the fertility process might need to undergo. And so it's a thing to have on hand. So your message, we've only got a minute. So your message about fertility and your takeaway advice for women struggling to get pregnant is? Uh, Get support for yourself. Stay in, in communication with your physician about everything that is going on. Make time and space in your life for a baby by taking care of yourself, by eating as well as you can, and by uh, really engaging in support from the people in your life and those who are around you so that and you have, uh, you're, you're kind of bolstered through this process. Right. Because and the men too, right? You need the and support men too, the men. absolutely. absolutely. Men, right. men need to take care of their fertility as much as women do. Yeah, true. Thank you so much. Yep. It would be great to have you on the program again. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. All right. And my guest has been Laura Ehrlich. She's co-author with Emily Bartlett of Feeding Your Fertility, Your Guide to Cultivating a Healthy Pregnancy with Chinese Medicine, Real Food, and Holistic Living. And the website is laherbsandacupuncture.com or abaoinetheoven.com. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.